Hey everyone here and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me. One of the things that I love about this show is that we get to speak to people from all over the world. And I don't have one, literally, but in my head, metaphorically, I have a little map, a little atlas. And I stick a pin whenever I go to a new country with the show. And I think we're on about the, the 8th or 9th now. Very excited to welcome a guest all the way from Paraguay. Bruno, how's it going, man? <laughs> oh, good, Tom. Thank you a lot for having me. Of course, of course, man. And um, Metallica, you know, I'm guessing they're massive in Paraguay. I mean, they're massive all over the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to assume that probably in every country there must be somewhere a metal scene. Yeah. And where there's a metal scene, there's a Metallica fan, guaranteed. All right. Yeah, I think <laughs> definitely. And um, how did it begin for you? What was your first influences? How did you get into the band? Well, I was I started to get into music when I was like, 12, 11, something like that with, with Linkin Park and all that so-called new metal movement, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew, I, I think I was always aware that there was a band called Metallica, but just like from pop culture, but didn't know more than that. And I actually know the exact moment I, I was aware of Metallica. I was uh, walking by the kitchen of my grandparents where they have a TV on, and MTV was playing, no, nobody was there, and MTV was, was playing some kind of monster, the, the movie. So I'm guessing this was 2003 or four, right? Yeah, right about that. And I, yeah, uh, and I remember listening when James was, I think he was recording the chorus for some kind of monster. So I was walking by, and I heard uh, in the background, some kind yeah, of monster. Yeah, I, I know exactly what point you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> badass, actually, yeah. Yeah, well, but I remember, dude, I remember, like, getting, uh, stopping on my feet right there, mm. just listening to the music and turning my head to the TV to, what, 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 what was that? And I just went to the TV and started seeing that, and, and I, I, I loved the chorus on that same moment. I think I just started singing along with, with that guy that I didn't even know was Hetfield at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember having the, this exact thought, thinking, this is my shit. Oh yeah, this is what I like. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that comes from Saint Anger. We're going to be speaking about Saint Anger today. What are your thoughts on the record? Because obviously it splits a lot of people on Alpha Metallica and otherwise. Oh uh, well, yeah. Well, uh, Saint Anger is a record that I I've always thought it has a lot of potential and it has a lot of excellent places places, but it, it wasn't recorded in the best way. I mean, I I understand why they did it the way they did it. But I think they undermined the potential of the songs by recording it so raw. But I also think that it has some pretty weak moments, uh, like the in the middle of the Invisible Kid, with where James starts to moan yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, some, sometimes it's it's a, a bit too much for me. In a, mm. But overall, I I like the record. I enjoy it. I listen to it from time to time. It's not my favorite Metallica record, but I do like it. And just before we get into Frantic, I want to say, please, everyone, follow the show at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me if you want to come on and do a song just like Bruno, uh, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. I've got to be honest, uh, we're not in the sort of the golden era of choices at the moment. We've got a lot of M's that no one wants to come on for. Mistress Dread, for example. My World's Available, another Say Anger track. No Remorse, now I want to sniff some glue. So if you want to come on the show, get in touch with me there. Patreon's also available. iTunes. Now, um, in your email, Bruno, you called Frantic the 
the meanest song on Say Anger. And I certainly agree with you. And I think ne- never is that emotion stronger <laughs> than in that intro, which is the ultimate kind of fuck you to established Metallica fans, isn't it? It's really saying we're doing something different here. They say re- they say reload, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. But the the thing is, this this song for me. It it start out it starts aggressively like in your face Tr-ra-tum. like yep. uh, I I love that from the beginning and uh, the thing about uh, Saint Anger is the the snare right when we talk about the, the drums at least okay. uh, this song presents you the snare like almost from the get go I think you you get a, a couple of hi hats and then you yeah yeah uh, from the instant you start hearing that 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 snare and about that. You know, everybody says like they they hate it because because of of the sound, and I I do understand that perfectly. Mm. But in a way, that's sort of one of the most fuck you things that you can do to <laughs> yeah. in music. Like we're gonna put this aggressive mean sound in your face, and you you're gonna have to deal with it. I I do understand why somebody could say, well, that sucks. But for me, it's like aggressive, and I and I love it because of that. Yeah, I completely agree. It's fitting. Like, it doesn't bother me. It matches the music. Like, you know, I've seen albums and reinterpretations with modern drums or with kind of, you know, cleverly mic'd up drums, not as surreal and oddball as this. But it just plays into the atmosphere. And I love that intro, as you say, with the hi-hats and the chug. It just feels very alive and the snare. It feels very vital and, you know, blood in its veins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. And what what I like about this intro is that uh, once the the drums are started uh, are are going on almost fully, and then it stops, and James do, do, does the 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 riff only by himself, then it starts again. Uh, well, I, I love that whole pre-intro. Yeah, and then they um, go go down on the tempo, like they start again, but half the tempo, sort of what they do in wherever I'm in Rome. I don't know if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I- One of the most exciting moments for me in the song happens during this intro as well, where the second guitar comes in there. That sort of aggressive monster. <laughs> that I, It's hard to sort of replicate because it's tuned down so low, but I'm sure you know what I mean. That just sort of fleshes out yeah, yeah. this moment. Very menacing, very compelling. I know a lot of people, this turns people off, but I think Frantic is is pretty strong song. I'll talk about what I maybe don't like too much later. Oh, oh yeah. But oh, yeah. when when that... Uh, sort of uh, when before James starts singing, mm. Lars sort of bangs on the drum for a second. Ta! Do I have my Then it starts. I love that too. And I think the riff that goes under the the verse, the main oh. verse. It, that, it's it's an, an awesome simple yeah, riff. So I, I simple, love that. isn't it? It's like it's like two notes, and this happens a lot. Yeah. Say anger where Hetfield's letting the melody, letting the lyrics take place, and the guitar riffs are almost secondary. They're just sort of these utilities. But yeah, I completely agree. I love the verse riff uh, in all its basicness. Yeah, it is. It is. And it, it and I, 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 do you remember on Saint Anger when when uh, Bob Rock tells uh, James that he found something cool with the verse, like the, the syncopated sound. I think it works perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the mauling underneath it. What do you think about the moments in the song early on as well when it pulls out to a single guitar line and then crashes back down? You know, this is quite new for the band. Well, that's an interesting thing because well, while I do like when they, when they do that, um, I think maybe the problem with uh, 
uh, or not the problem, but the weakest point of Frantic as a song is that it does that too many times. Yeah. It goes, I think, from verse to that sort of chorus that sort of, sort of keep searching to the mm. Frantic Dick, then to the verse, and then again to the same chorus, then it, it just it goes over the play. It's three main parts too many times. Mm. And that may be the, the problem, but well, if you like it, like I, I see you do, it, it's it's not too much. But that's the worst thing yeah. I could say about this song, I, I, I think. I, I agree, I agree. And I think it's a microcosm of St. Anger as a whole. You know, Frantic is actually 5 minutes 50. For some reason, I always thought it was around 4 minutes. But doing these notes, it it is a bit lengthy and repetitive in places. And I think it allows St. Anger detractors to have that as a valid point to attack it with. It is bloated. If Frantic was a 3-minute song like Hardwired, if they just compacted it down and left all the great pieces, kind of like when they went on CD UK. I don't know if you've seen that UK performance, but they play Frantic on, I think it's Top of the Pops, maybe even, and they give it a sort of pop single edit, and you know, I think I think it's stronger <laughs> for that. But um, there's just lots of cool moments, and lots of stuff you pick up on the headphones as well. Like when it goes into the sort of pre-chorus, the "Do I have the strength to know what I do?" Um, you hear the guitar going up the fretboard chromatically, like a sort of building yeah, up to yeah. it. And the riff that James is singing under as well is a bit like a cubist painting. Again, it's just brutal and primal, and I don't think there's too much thought gone into it. It's quite therapeutic, a stress almost on the fretboard and you know I love his ideas here a long way from justice but at least he's kind of being a bit fresher I suppose with the guitar yeah he, he definitely is and it's 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 like um, I, I remember on the on the SNM DVD uh, Jason said something about uh, I think it was about Manus Human saying that it it was a big fat, ugly riff, and right. he like it because of that. And I feel that way about some of the riffs on this song. Big, fat, ugly, and just in your face. And I, yeah. I, I think it's it's great. And But I think the the, the, the most inter- interesting point lyric-wise <laughs> on this song is definitely what... what tell, tell me, Tom, what do you think about that? Fran, tick, 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 tock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> terrific. I love it. It's almost like something out of Alice in Wonderland, like Lewis Carroll, the way he's sort of messing with those ideas of just, you know, the frantic uh, moving forward, the momentum of time. And yeah, it's quite clever. There's a lot of sort of wordplay punny stuff in this song as well. I think mean, lifestyle, death style, uh, Bruno. A lot of people have a problem with that. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I think that that one came out of Kirk being mm-hmm. into Buddhism on the... I mean, in that time, I guess, and I, I love the line. I don't have any problem yeah, with it. Yeah, I don't have a problem uh, with it. I know a lot of people think it's a little garish and the inversion's a little too on the nose and obvious, but it's memorable. It may be a little cringy to some people, but it sticks to my head and it's kind of wise in a Kirk kind of way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but me personally, well, I, I'm, I do listen to the lyrics, but they have almost no power over my like over me yeah. liking or not a song i mean if they sound good i mean uh, they cover uh, uh, green green hell right and though mm-hmm. that that song has the worst lyrics ever lyrics ever yeah, you're yeah. gonna listen to it yeah but i i do enjoy it if if, if the melody is good and it works with the song I, I it's easy to to get me to like a lyric i i guess i'm not that the critic in that way but i do have friends that uh, friends or or people that mock the song because of the yeah. frantic tick part, right? Mm-hmm. But what I uh, what, what I wanted to mention about it is that that's what an artist 
do, right? I mean, if you don't take res risks and if you're not afraid of so sounding like funny or ridiculous sometimes, well, you're never going to do something amazing. Uh -huh. And so I, 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 I appreciate that Metallica does that. And we, we both, everybody here knows that they can take artistic expression a bit too far, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> That's what he's but, there for, uh, though. Like, like, you, you know, there's, there's, there's a limit to go over. What about James's singing on the frantic TikTok? Where's TikTok? Like, he's, he's losing his shit. Yeah, it's, that was new too, right? Yeah. Nothing like that was before St. Anger, I guess. No, no. I and I, 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 I like it on, on that song. Uh, I don't like when he does sort of the same sort of scream on, I think it was, you know, within my hands that I know you like that song, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not, <laughs> Not to be disrespectful to your opinion, but no. to me, it's so hard to get through that kill, kill part. It's, it's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's the end, though. I like how it ends on that whimper, but, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it works. In, it works on that song. Mm -hmm. That's what I say about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I mean another lyric that people pick up on: "You live it or lie it," which is almost like a motivational phrase or something, or I don't know, some sort of pop chorus. But you know, here it's rebuilt in frantic, and frantic is a little bit repetitive as we discussed before, which I think robs it for me of its kind of truly brilliant stats. But I do really like it as a song. I understand why it was picked as a single, and. I, I've seen a few live performances of it via bootleg watching this, one specifically in Japan, and it kind of works live. It almost works better on record with the sort of the sonic anger there. Yeah, for me, it definitely works better on record. And just, I think that's because of the sort of chorus, the part where James is singing clean, keep searching that part. Yeah. It's not so easy for him to, to nail exactly yes. those parts so that that detracts a little bit life uh, but you know what one thing i found i find funny about this uh, song played live that james whenever he's playing you will always see him using either uh, his gibsons or an ex an explorer or 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 um or a v-shaped guitar right mm -hmm. but he almost never has a guitar like an sg that has two points over the neck like over uh, under and over. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, the sort of SG never shape. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. James almost never uses a guitar with that shape. Okay, so I you, you mean like kind of like what kind of like what Angus Young plays? You mean that sort of shape? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, two exactly. points sort of over the guy. Way. I see what you mean now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that 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 <laughs> moment, the keep searching. It's kind of a movement into a very intimate psychosis, isn't it? Like with the arpeggios and the high up the fret bass, and just gives this very loose, disorientating feel that I think is pretty successful. Yeah, it, it totally. I think that's be mostly because of, of of what the guitar is doing under it. Mm. But yeah, it's sort of a wobbly place. It, you're not so sure where you are where, when he's singing that part, um, which is good. But, but again, it, it it can be a problem if you use it too many times. I like the outro though because that is a unique moment in the oh, song yeah, yeah, yeah. where they just started exactly. riffing out with that you know that sort of gnarled movement there the lumbering bass and it's it's fantastic the outro I, I love it and I, me personally I'm a big fan of outros oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have like <laughs> my favorite favorite outros of all time and I love bands that you do that a lot what, what, what System of a Down some, yeah what are some of your favorite outros Bruno I must ask well, 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 well I'm 
I'm, I'm, I, I, I've thought about this a lot, man. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> let's go. My two, I'll, I'll give you my two favorite outros. Okay. Uh, the, the second favorite must be uh, the, the outro from Somebody to Love. The oh. Find me somebody yes. to love. Friend. And how it constructs. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think my favorite outro of all time must be November Rain. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's oh man, every guitar solo. How it goes with the piano and then slash with that that fucking no dude. Yeah, it's so helpful. I I I love it. I I think it's amazing outro. I'll give two outros that I love. I love the outro to Tunnel of Love by Dire Straits. I don't know if you've heard that song. Uh, Mark Knopfler's closing guitar solo is crazy. I'm sure you've heard this one though, and dear listeners know this is one of my favorite songs ever. I always go on about it. The outro to Night Train. By Guns N' Roses. Oh my god! Isn't that one of the greatest <laughs> outros ever? Oh my god! That's um. I, I mean, I mean, I I love to sing. I don't get as high as Axel, oh. like most mortals, I guess. Yeah. And but when he starts going to, I guess I, I guess I guess I guess I never <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Oh my that's, god! Yeah, the guitar solo that goes along with the voice as well. It just oh, so exciting. No, yeah. It's just like a, a a party going on, and yeah. it's it's impressive. Like he keeps building up and going even further up. That what what he does there is it's impressive. To yeah, me. yeah, I love that song. It is. I love that song as well. And I'm probably one day gonna do a Guns N' Roses podcast just because I can talk about that song. I just want I just want people to know how <laughs> I think Night Train's like the perfect rock song like ever. Like I I've, I've yeah, it's it's fantastic. Even Izzy's <laughs> solo's good as well. Like, um, but but yeah, back to frantic. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, because I, I can't talk about that song for oh my God. half an hour. So I'll yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, it's pretty cool, but we don't get a solo, and obviously we don't get solos and say anger as a whole. Could you imagine a solo on this track? Because Kirk does do a few leads live on this song. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, because I I can't imagine it, but I can imagine it because of the structure of the song. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine where to place it because it's not a, like a straightforward uh, structure of 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 a normal song. It's not like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It it goes around a little bit. So I don't know where I would place it, but that that's why that's why I can't imagine it. No, no, I uh, um, and uh, I mean, yeah, the closing riff we sort of got distracted a bit on the outros, but the fr- <laughs> frantic's outro, uh, it's excellent, isn't it? Again, quite simple but uh, effective to close it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a simple sort of punk rocky riff, and it, Metallica did a, a riff that was similar to "End Seek and Destroy" for a, for a long time too, and I, I love it. I love it. Any any closing thoughts on frantic, Bruno? Um, well. It's and, and, and nothing that I, I haven't said yet, but I wanted to ask you before. Have you? Did you get to hear that? That I don't know if you heard about this, but yes. some guys did uh, the <laughs> 2015 version. Yeah, 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 yeah. The sort of. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about the Saint Anger parody video you sent me, uh, which which we'll get on, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get onto as well. But yeah, yeah, the, the 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 modern version. I have heard it. I really like it. Yeah, I really like it. Oh, I I I, I mean. I, I was very happy when they did that because my thought after St. Anger was, I wish I could hear this in a more conventional sound, and that's what they did. And I, I, I think for, for I, I don't know, for everybody that doesn't like St. Anger, would this work? But I think a lot of people that, doesn't like, that don't like the record may like this version because just of the way it's recorded. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just I I often said that I think if another band would have recorded the Saint Anger album and it didn't have all the Metallica baggage draped across it, I think people would value it much more as a record. But because there's all that historical legacy uh, coming from Hetfield and Boys, then it's only natural that there'd be some disparity in appreciation. But uh, yeah, altogether, I, I, I do like Frantic quite a bit, actually. I like Saint Anger as a whole. I even like All Within My Hands, Bruno. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Frantic has been performed 180 times. Um, it was first performed May, May 3rd, 2003 in Universal City, California. Last performed December 10th, 2011 in San Francisco, um, which I believe was for the... Uh, anniversary shows yeah, yeah yeah um so that that was pretty cool i don't actually remember seeing i don't think i haven't watched that in entirety for a long time do you remember the frantic performance there and no no at all, Bob went on base, it's not surprising it? because they played like 60 songs or something yeah. like that so. <laughs> yeah they did a, a pretty pretty huge back catalog there so um you've uh, you've seen the band three times is that right yeah, yeah, I was I was trying to uh, to come up with a number. Um, I saw them uh, the first time in Buenos Aires, which is the capital city of Argentina. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, a thousand kilometers from where I live. But before uh, it's uh, like years and years ago, nobody would ever dream that Metallica would come to Paraguay. So I went to see them there. Then I saw them in in France in 2011, but for one of the big four shows actually. Right. And uh, and that that was a crazy show with Andrex Mayer Slayer and it was on a Sony Sphere and it was a crazy lineup with with bands that I love too like Dream Theater and Slipknot. Oh, and, Dream Theater there. That's sick. Yeah, the, and that's not so usual for a big festival actually. Mm. But they they were that time. I was I was great. I was so happy there. And the last time I saw them was actually here in in Paraguay. They came in 2016, if I'm not wrong, the first time for them playing here, mm. which was, as you can imagine, in a country that doesn't get that that much of big artists, it was insane for the metal scene here. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Like, any abiding memories from the show? Yeah, uh, my 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 main memory from seeing Metallica live. Well, the first time that I saw them, which was in Buenos Aires, I was just it it putting my hands over my head like in disbelief because I couldn't <laughs> believe that they were real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the memory that pops back right up every time I think of that of that was when I was in France and they played uh, Red Lightning, which is one of my favorite songs and has one of I think my my favorite Metallica solo. Right. Okay. And and I remember that I was on the right right there on the front and Kirk was standing in front of me when he did the solo and I was just uh, it was crazy for me, and they also played uh, the Call of Cthulhu, and which was uh, uh, which is a song that I love too. And I, I I remember like staring all the time at Lars for that part when they go like that part because I never quite figured out what parts of the drums he was playing. So I was trying to catch what what is he hitting on which time, and and I got it. So those are the two memories that really pop back into my mind. <laughs> and uh, who's your favorite member of Metallica? Uh, I th- I think I mean I mean I love everybody, but oh, I yeah. think if I had to go with somebody, I would go with with Lars. Okay. Because I think I'm well in, in part because I'm mainly a drummer too, hmm. and and. 
Lars ha- gets has a big reputation of being like this annoying big mouth uh, kid, and I- I've never really got that impression for him. I just got the impression that he he moves and he produces a lot, and he's always working. And it's because of I mean James is obviously the the musical genius, right? Um, the riff factory, mm-hmm. but it's because of Lars hard work and uh, because of his big mouth i guess that metallica got all the chances it got and in turn into what it is i mean in in sort of way is is it is large man he works he worked his ass off for this band and i i really appreciate it yeah the sort of early networking that he did and went on tour with bands before it was even anyone you know and just sort of had that strength of personality and a really unique upbringing as well i think his first gig was deep purple his home was always populated by you know tennis philosophers of the day and various <laughs> things so uh you know yeah yes, yeah he defies that that stereotype of you have to be a broken kid in order to be successful yeah yeah he does <laughs> You're right. He totally does. Uh, you know what I'm waiting for as well. Lars's autobiography. He's he's got he's got oh. a right one, and I think it will be brilliant. I think it'll be like one of the memoirs. I, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And that guy's know how to how to speak, and he must have crazy stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Um, so uh, your favorite album by the band? Uh, also a tough one, um, but. Uh, I'll give you two answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, in the moment, is a uh, hardwired because right. it's the newest, and um, I didn't get tired of it yet. And but my all-time Metallica album must be Red Lightning, I guess. Right. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. I mean, anything from Ride Justice, Master, any of those. Three yeah. Really? I mean, it has like maybe two weak songs. But I love those songs too. When it has "Creeping Dead" and "Right Lining" oh and the "Cold and "Fade to Black," I mean, Bells. it's a great album. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Fight Fire. And I'm, I'm guessing to get trapped under ice and escape, right? As the two outliers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I still, I still, I mean, if they would play it, I would sing all the all oh, yeah. the lyrics. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it. like we we covered "Escape" with Chaos Wear uh, a few months ago, and yeah, yeah I love that, I love that I, song. I, yeah, I I, uh, I I I actually subscribe to his YouTube channel. He has a lot of yeah, yeah. great material. He does. He does. Yeah, yeah. I remember that when they play played uh, on the film, or they started playing Escape, and James wanted uh, he he stopped it right away. But that that people kept singing and singing and singing. <laughs> That's when you have a lot of a bunch of Metallica fans there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, your favorite song of the band. Well, that th- that's. Almost a mean question, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I'm guessing it's uh, it's between Red Lightning and One. I'll say One. Okay. One. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because it goes like to so many different places, yeah. and I, I haven't heard yet a song in my life that transitions so smoothly and so well from like calm arpeggios to justice destruction yeah. one does it <laughs> and final question bruno um if you could have a podcast like alpha metallica about any band what, what's a band you're confident to do a podcast on um well i i think that i could do it with uh, either linkin park mm. Dream Theater. Ooh, Dream Theater podcast, yeah. Or, or Trivium that I also Trivium. Love. I, you know, I love early Trivium. 
Um, I think <laughs> Crusade I, I is mean, slept on. <laughs> Dude, if you if you love early trivium, listen to the last record they put out. Okay, you're okay. you're you're gonna you're gonna yeah, like. Yeah, I um I got definitely. I got off around Shogun, but I did like Shogun, but but I, so I haven't listened since. No, no, no. I, 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 I like almost all of them except the last two albums. But I'll stop right here because I could also do a podcast. It seems about them. But yeah, it's probably between Dream Theater, Linkin Park, and Trivium that, I, that I would do it. I, but I, like you said many times on this podcast, I would also love to hear Guns and Roses. Oh, podcast. why isn't there? A, I, it, but I can't believe there isn't a Guns and Roses podcast yet. Like someone listening, do it. Like you know, there's too many Metallica podcasts. Start guns, and you could, you could do like all the solo projects, and like Izzy's solo career is fucking dope. His album River, um, I don't know if you've heard it. It's like a terrific country rock record from like the early two thousands, and like Slash's Snake Pit as well. Their first album's kind of trash, but the second one's really good. About that, I, I I had to write this down because the 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 last two Slash records, man, World on Fire and uh, uh, Rock and Fucking Roll, uh, um. They are, for me, they are amazing. And this last record, Wall on Fire, and I know this is controversial, what I'm going to say, but it stands on the same level as the Illusion Salon. Wow. That's how, how, how I, I mean, If you're it. saying that, man, I need to check that out because the <laughs> Illusion records least, are something else. Like. At least listen to that song, Wall on Fire. It's okay. amazing. And I mean, last Guns N' Roses talk, but you know what song I just heard the other day that I forgot how good it was? Uh, Don't Damn Me. Oh, Jeez, <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny song. Yeah. That's a, that's a funny tempo. I, I, I love it. I love it. It's a bit of a throwback. It's almost like pre-appetite. It's really just like rocky, like 70s rock. But yeah, I fucking... Slash's solo is incredible. But um, this has been great, man. I guess finally, how do people get in touch with you? Or I, I should say, do you have any projects, you know, that sort of stuff you want to promote? Uh, for the moment, no, but I'm inspired to start a, a podcast about all these other bands yeah. that I love. <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> kick it yeah, off. I, I do. I do do some artwork. Is if people want to check it out, it's on Instagram as uh, Versanias, which is V E R S A N I E S, mm-hmm. and I, I I paint a lot of crazy twisted stuff. But but yeah, I guess that's it. And I and I wanted to take the chance to to thank you for doing this. And when I first heard the pitch of you just talking with normal fans, I I didn't think that would work but after listening to normal people just like you and me that love the band it's it's very refreshing to hear what everybody has to say about this band that they love and that we love so great work dude thank you thank you so much man i really appreciate that and yeah you're right it was a little bit of a gamble like when i first started the show i wanted to do it with a friend who just didn't really want to do it and i thought oh god what am i going to do but yeah no one's let me down yet and we're like 50 odd episodes deep and you know i'm sure everyone will agree the diversity of opinion that we've had from all around the world but just just all metallica fans in general has been awesome so yeah if you want to come on the show metallicapod at gmail.com um please get in touch with me there at metallicapod as well if you want to give back to the show there's a patreon where you get access to all the content before it drops on the channel um subscribe comment check out uh, bruno's instagram we'll put that in the description below as well but uh bruno this has been great man thank you thank you tom anytime